welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Where am I looking? If you choose one of them, you have three cameras in your life. Hey, everyone. Hey, 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 hey. We are having technical difficulties this morning. Uh, I want to apologize. Not sure what's happening here, but uh, we're going to just do this organically, a little more in a raw, raw, real way. Um, Yeah, there's just some technical difficulties we're having with the streaming. So I'm kind of streaming on three right now. I'm looking at YouTube, I'm looking at Instagram, and I'm looking at Facebook. So welcome to all those that are watching. I'm not even sure where to look, guys. I'm, I have three cameras here and uh, looking at me here. So we're going to dive into this. Um, God's still going to move. I'm excited for what God is going to do today and what he's going to say today to you. And, um, you know, we, we don't have any hosting. We don't have any announcements for you. All of that got cut because of the technical difficulties. Um, once again, uh, for giving you can give online via text message. Um, I believe all the ministry of this ministry has had an impact in your life and you you call Kingdom Culture your home. You can continue to invest that way as well. Uh, for announcements, obviously connect groups is a huge value moving forward in this social distancing world that we're in. So if you want more information and you're on the YouTube or you visit our online, our website, kingdomculture.ca, you can get all the information as to a Zoom group to get connected to. We just believe in the value of connect groups, the value of community. Um, and uh, yeah, if you if you want to get involved there, I would encourage you, join a connect group, join a community group. I know it will change your life. Uh, you might meet your spouse. You might make some friends, but ultimately you will grow deeper in your relationship with God as well as we have 30-minute prayer groups as well, so in all different times of the day. So if you want to join a prayer group, I would encourage you to do that. It's a 30 minutes, 30 minutes a week uh, to pray together with some people on Zoom. And so although we are social distancing, we are doing our best to stay digitally connected. So I want to encourage you to join in as well as uh, I believe there's probably information in the description as well for um, Ottawa Gowns that we are partnering with. It's an initiative in the city to providing, um, uh, uh, we're actually you know uh, working with an, an organization in the city all the information is in the description as far as um, supporting um, supporting an initiative that is creating, sewing, making gowns uh, for people that are in need right now. Obviously, you know there we are in a shortage of medical supplies. So Kingdom Culture slash We Heart Ottawa are partnering with that organization and the wards who are a part of our house, leaders in our house are frontlining, are at the forefront of that initiative 
uh, making the connections. I think we are up to 700 gowns so far, and uh, the goal was to make 2,500. So we are in need of more sewers. So if you know anybody or are a sewer, know how to sew, uh, please email us, and we will get you the information. And you can also give by, uh, I believe it's texting, is it gown? Gown to the number where you normally text to give. If you want to give to this, you can text the, the word gown to the number that's probably below in the description uh, to, to give to that initiative as well. So we want to support that financially <clears throat> as well. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Something in my throat. Um, we're going to dive in today to week two of our Revive 2020 series. Now, for those of you that are just joining us, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or on YouTube, as you know, this is a little bit different. I know the angle's a little awkward probably for many of you. We're having, um, excuse me, <coughs> throat difficulties and technical difficulties this morning. And uh, it's just one of those mornings. But uh, we are in a series called Revive 2020. It's a 12-week series. We felt back in the end of February to launch this series uh, actually, actually, yeah, end of February, before the quarantine was even ever um, established, before we even knew this was going to be an issue, a worldwide pandemic, we had felt like from God that we were to start this series called Revive 2020, and it was to start on Resurrection Sunday. And um, <clears throat> so we had been through a series in March called What to Expect When Expecting, and as of week two of that series, we... Um, started to live the unexpected, <laughs> and we learned to expect the unexpected when expecting uh, God to do great things in our life. And sometimes, you know, the plan is not always our plan. In fact, usually the plan that God has for our lives isn't the plan that we have for our lives, that things happen along the journey to shift and change uh, the, the, the journey ch or change the pathway to, uh, for us to get from A to point B. <clears throat> And so, um, you know, but we have to trust his plan. We have to trust his His route is better than our route uh, along the way. And so <clears throat> week two of that series, we uh, this whole pandemic really hit home and we had to be, uh, you know, meeting in our homes and we changed everything to online. And so we've been in this for four weeks now. It's crazy. Like, I am absolutely blown away that we are living this life. I feel like I'm living... In this movie, that that movie outbreak. If you were <clears throat> back in the '90s, I think it was this movie about uh, an outbreak and that it was caused by a monkey. I feel like I'm living in that movie every day of my life. I wake up and I ask myself, "Is this real?" And obviously, it is. And uh, now I'm starting to feel it, guys. I don't know about you. <clears throat> I miss people. I miss all your wonderful faces. If you're a part of our Kingdom Culture community, I miss all of you uh, as well. Those that are a part of our extended family that we may see once in a while, we as well miss you. And, and I want to welcome, obviously, all those that are new with us today that are going to be seeing this on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, whether now or after. We want to welcome you and uh, we're excited that you're connected with us today. <clears throat> Our main scripture for this Revive series is found in Psalms 85, verse 6, and it says this, Revive us again, O God. I know you will. Give us a fresh start. Then all your people will taste your joy and gladness. This is why we are doing what we are doing in this series. We believe that joy and gladness and this fresh start are, are the outcome, are the overflow of a revived soul, of a revived heart. And so we're believing in this 
season of 12 weeks that there are going to be things in our lives that are revived, things that are reawakened, things that are uh, strengthened again in a new way, renewed again in a powerful way, that we're going to believe that out of these 12 weeks and maybe, who knows, imagine guys, we come to the end of June and right in July we begin to meet again. It would not be a coincidence if we go through these 12 weeks, God forbid it's 12 more weeks, but uh, uh, that we go through these 12 weeks before we can ever, we can actually meet again in groups of more than, you know, 50 or, or 200 or 250. Um, I'm hoping it's sooner than later, but I know that good things are going to come out of this and God's going to revive, uh, some of us in this season and he's going to revive things in our life and reawaken things in our life. And if you heard last week's message, um, it was week one of our series, and it was quarantined for revival. Uh, obviously, you know it was Easter Sunday, and uh, the whole focus was I was talking about wombs and tombs. And if you know many of us are in the womb of preparation and revelation, and or many of us could be also in the tomb of death and resurrection. That whatever whatever state we find ourselves in in this season, whether we're being prepared and God is showing us new things about our life and about our future. Or there are things that are dying in this season that we're letting go of in this season so there can be a resurrection. You're either in the womb or you're in the tomb. And if you missed that, that was out of, I spoke out of Luke chapter 1 and 24. And I'd encourage you to check that message out last week. But this morning, this morning's a little bit different. This morning's title is um, is a really a, a request. It's a It's a prayer. It's, a, it's something that I'm asking God to do for you this morning, something I'm asking God to do for me continually in the season, and it's this thought, and it's this, this prayer of, God, would you revive perspectives this morning? This is the title. If you're taking notes, Revive Perspectives, and my subject, my subtitle is The Jordans of Transformation, The Jordans of Transformation. And I want to read this, this verse. It's not really the, the baseline of this whole message, but it's an introduction into this message this morning. And it's out of Psalms chapter 19, verse 7. It says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. When we get God's instructions in our life, they have this ability when we lean into them, when we listen, to revive things that are dead in our life, to revive things that need reviving in our life. When we listen to his instruction, his instruction is perfect. It revives the soul. You know, the soul is is the mind, the will and emotions. We we have things in our life that we feel like are dead, that we feel like are lifeless. And all we need is one instruction from the Lord. Obviously, you know, in this context, we, we talk about we we talk about the word itself and the psalmist is talking about the word itself and God's instructions and, and how he meditates on the word day in and day out. The instructions of the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, you know, but there's an element of the now communication from God as well. When God gives us instruction for the season, for the now, uh, there's something about a reviving of the soul that takes place in our life. And that's my prayer is that as we get the instructions From God in this season, even from this message, God's going to give you some instructions. As we get the instructions from God in this season and really lean in and listen to him, listen to what it is that he's saying, when we get a hold of those instructions, I believe the result of that is a revived heart, a revived soul. It's like anything in life, guys. When you listen to good advice, 
What happens? Chances are good things will begin to happen. When you listen to good counsel, when you get good counsel, good wisdom on something, somebody gives you, you know, the thing, the, the very wisdom you need to make the right decision with a business deal or a contract or, or a, you know, a person you need to meet, that one little step in the right direction can change the trajectory of your whole life and future. And so we want God's instructions in this season. We want to know what it is that he's saying during, during quarantine during times of isolation, if there was ever a time to get God's instruction for the next season before we come out of isolation, it is now, you guys. It is right now. And so lean in in the season. Don't, don't waste the season. Don't come out of the season in regret because you, you, you choose not to lean in and listen to what it is that he's saying to you. You don't want to leave this season like that. You want to leave believing that you occupied and positioned yourself to pull and extract everything that he wanted you to get out of this season. There are four instructions that I believe are so important for us that God gave his people concerning the Jordan River. Now, if you heard April 5th's message, I talked about the God of the crossover. I talked about the God of the crossover, and I spoke of Joshua chapter 3 and Joshua chapter 4. I talked about how we are in a, a season right now. The title of the message was, What Are Your Stones? I talked about five stones that we're gathering in this season, and about how Joshua went into the Jordan as he was crossing over, and it was it's prophetic of crossing into the promise and, and into the purpose for which you were created for and how this quarantine season is like a Jordan River moment. And while they were inside of it, God commanded Joshua to command the people and tell them that while they're in it, gather 12 stones, 12 things that you would collect during while you're in the middle of quarantine, in the middle of the Jordan River, of the impossible situation, and gather 12 stones that you would take across with you to build a memorial that would speak to future generations that would make the statement that God brought us through. God brought us through isolation, brought us through this pandemic. So if you were there, if you saw it, April 5th was that message. This is not the same thing. I would call this an extension. I can't shake this. I've been feeling this all week and I wasn't sure how it was going to come out, but I really feel like we are in uh, a moment where we are being transformed by the many different Jordans of our life. I really believe that the Joshua 3, Joshua 4 word is a word for us, but I want to bring it a little further. I want to bring it a little deeper and I want to show you four different stories in the Bible of where, where God uh, uh, did something really dramatically significant uh, in people's lives, in individuals' lives through the Jordan River. We're talking about the Jordans of transformation. There are four Jordans of transformation that I want to highlight. And as I highlight them, I want to pull a thought from each of them. And that thought, I really, really believe, is going to affect and or going to going to relate to many of you watching. That there are four things that God wants to do in and through your life in this season, in the Jordans of transformation of your life. I, I, you know, in this season, I can't, I can't just give you fluff guys. I can't give you, um, just nicely, you know, tickle your ears type messages. I really believe God wants to give us perspective and he wants to radically remove the, the blurriness and the fog and the cloudiness that seems to uh, overwhelm us in seasons like this. There are things that are overwhelming us, of course. You know, people have lost their jobs and everything is being shaken that can be shaken. But like I've said, there's one thing 
that should not and cannot be shaken. And that's your relationship with God. If there was ever a time to lean in and, 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 and build that relationship with God, that rapport with God is right now. You have no other thing to do. So it's almost like a forced Sabbath. It's a forced break to realign you and reorder you and reconfigure you and reestablish you in your relationship with God. It's so easy to get bogged down by the busyness of life. And not and, and you know be a Sunday morning uh, a churchgoer a Sunday morning relationship with God type person. God is a God. It is the God of the twenty four hours a day. He wants to be in your life all the time. And and the reality of it is, I mean, he actually is. But the the issue is, we don't always allow him, or we don't we aren't aware, or we aren't surrendering to the the, the way that he's trying to get us our, get our attention every day. And so that's the heart of this season. I believe God wants to invade every area of your life, but you have to let him in. So I want to give you four, four things that are happening in these Jordans of transformation. Number one, number one, if you're taking notes, by the way, you're taking notes, I, I would encourage you to take some notes. I have nothing on the screen coming up. I have no, no notes, no points. So uh, the only way you're going to remember any of this stuff and it's good as if you take some notes. I believe that God, number one, wants to establish influence in and through your life. He wants to establish influence in and through your life in this season. And it's I, and I brings me back to my April fifth message, and I want to stay there for a second. In Joshua three verse seven, okay, in verse seven it says, "Then the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader.'" a great leader today. Today was in this context today when you cross over and you bring the people over the Jordan, this impossible situation, as you bring people through this quarantine season, as you bring people through this thing that's overwhelming them. Remember, it was harvest season. The the, the Jordan River was, was overflowing the banks 10 to 12 feet, 10 to 16 feet high over the banks. It was an impossible situation for them to cross over as as a people, it was impossible. And God picked that moment, that moment. And that was just in history, just three weeks ago on the first day or the 10th day of the month of Nisan, which was just three weeks ago. And so here we go. Here, here, here's the scenario. God says to Joshua, when you cross over, I'm going to establish your influence. I'm going to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. So so what was what was Joshua pulling from this season as he led the people through? He was pulling on a new level or a new access to influence in his life. And this is what I want to say to you in this season. Some of you, you're going to come out of this season with a new level of influence that how you navigate parents out there, leaders out there, pastors out there, business leaders out there, bosses, managers, whoever you are. If you have any leadership role in life, people are watching how you navigate this season. They're watching how you cross over this season. The same way the people were trusting in Joshua's leadership. They were watching. How is he going to navigate this? And God said, as you listen to my instruction, as you obey my word, as you step out doing what I've tell, told you to do the way I've told you to do it, I'm going to establish your influence. I'm going to establish your influence in the eyes of the people. And they're going to be like, whoa, who is this dude? Like, what's up with this guy? This guy is just like Moses. Now remember, Moses is dead now. Moses was the appointed leader for 40 years in the wilderness 
uh, trying to cross over, trying to get to the place that Joshua is about to bring them into. Now, Joshua, the new leader, hasn't had that rapport yet, hasn't had that established influence and credibility yet, but this was that season. God is setting you up in this season. He's establishing your influence. He's establishing your leadership, rapport, and credibility in this season. People are watching how you navigate this. I mean, we even see it in verse 24 of Joshua chapter 4, where it says, after they cross over, just like Moses led the people across the Red Sea, out of Exodus, out of Egypt in Exodus, uh, Joshua will lead the people across the Jordan River. And it says in verse 24 of Joshua chapter 4, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So you see, the influence doesn't just doesn't just touch the people around you that are closest to you. It actually goes out to all the world. How you navigate this sets, sends a ripple effect. How we navigate this as a church globally sends a signal about where our faith is really at. You know, everybody's being shaken. But what I've said over and over again is your faith cannot be shaken if it's faith. Real Bible faith is a persuasion of God that he's good no matter what happens and what comes my way. It's a persuasion that God is good no matter what. God's divine persuasion. Faith is not something you can just conjure up and make happen and choose to do. No, faith, the only thing you choose to do in faith is to lean in and surrender. But faith is something that God's given you, a grace gift to believe no matter what. It's a persuasion that God's got me, that God is still good, that God is still consistent in who he is. Although what's happening is different outside of my control, God is still in charge, okay? We see it again in Joshua chapter 5, verse verse 1. It says, when the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast, heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross. They lost heart and were paralyzed with fear because of them. I believe that how you navigate this season moving forward is actually going to cause some of the people that maybe were pushing against you, some of the situations that were happening around you, some of the people that maybe didn't have your best interest in their heart and in their mind, I believe they are going to be wowed by the God of you, by your God in this season. Just like the people, they were like, who is this guy? Who are these people? Man, like God, the God of Israel, the God of the Hebrew God dried up the Jordan. That's a supernatural sign and wonder. Man, we're not touching them. Like they were paralyzed with fear. I believe there's something about in this season, even even all the attacks that you've had against you spiritually in the last season, I believe will be paralyzed in the next season because of how you navigate this one. So I, I, I want to encourage you in this season, expect that God is going to be increasing your influence when you come out of this season. Expect that God is going to be establishing your influence. I thank God for every storm I've ever weathered in my leadership. Every storm I've ever I've ever weathered in family, in relationships, in in the a ministry context, uh, in the church, in business. Every storm that I've ever weathered in my life, in any area of my life, I look back. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Always twenty twenty is never future focused. It's always. Um, you know, behind because you see a lot clearer after you've been through it than often when you, you know, looking forward. If you, if you saw everything clear looking forward, it would probably destroy you because you would know what's going to happen all the time before it happens. And therefore, you would probably speed things up and make big mistakes. 
But all that to say is looking backwards, I look back and I'm thanking God. I'm thanking God that I didn't quit. Thanking God I didn't give up. Thanking God that I trusted God when it seemed impossible. Uh, all the Jordans that I crossed over in my life, all the things that I got from it, I know that God has increased my influence. There are things that I can speak about now that I could not speak about before because of things that I've crossed over in my life, because of areas and seasons in my life where it was hard. You know, and I always think back I, in the very beginning of my journey, I woke up one morning and I heard the audible voice of God, audible voice of God. I heard an audible voice vibrate through my spirit in the morning. I heard it with my actual ear. I heard this voice say, the bitter taste of the sweet almond will be the sound of your deliverance. You know, and uh, it was like a riddle. It was a riddle. And I, I remember three and a half weeks, three, three to three and a half weeks, I just said that over and over again, everywhere I went. The bitter taste of the sweet almond will be the sound of your deliverance. I, I was for sure that it was a proverb and I searched the proverbs and, you know, it wasn't a proverb. I, I, I was sure that this was some sort of like amazing, you know, quote that I'd heard. No, I heard this. It was fresh. It was straight from God. And uh, after about three and a half weeks, God began to speak to me about what this was. And it was all about leadership. And I, God began to bring me to the scripture in Numbers about when God established Aaron's leadership and the 12 tribes were to bring 12 different staffs, 12 different rods into the tent of meeting. This is in, in, in the in numbers while Moses was leading the people in the wilderness, people were complaining against the leadership at the time. And Moses said, okay, we're going to bring all the rods in one representing each 12, each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And whenever rod buds, almond blossoms in the morning, is the established leader. And as you remember, if you've read the scripture, Aaron's rod budded the almond blossoms. And, and, and you know, uh, old Jew and Jewish thought, the rod actually, because the rod, one of the, one of the things that was in the Ark of the Covenant was the rod of Aaron, okay, which is what, what budded almond blossoms. And in Jewish thought, they believed that on the rod, on either side of the rod were both bitter and sweet almonds and represented leadership. And in how in leadership in life, you, there's both the bitter side of leadership and the sweet side of leadership, but you need both to set you free to make you the leader that you were called to be. And so God spoke to me this word, the bitter taste of the sweet almond will be the sound of your deliverance that, you know, leadership, being a leader is one of the greatest ways to deliver yourself from you all your issues, your insecurities, as you lead people, as you go through the Jordans of transformation in your own life, it does something to you. It changes you. It changes you. You learn that, that man, the bitter just paves the way for the sweet. And the sweet just, you know, the, the, the sweet just paves the way for the bitter. And they work together. But in balance, it's what transforms you. So I believe God is establishing your influence. Number two, number two. So number one is influence. We're talking about God reviving our perspectives today. Talking about the Jordans of transformation. And number one is influence. God's bringing you into a new level of influence in this season, in the Jordan that you are in. Number two is inheritance, is inheritance. And, and uh, you know, we all have an inheritance in, in Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. I, I liken our inherit our spiritual inheritance to a walk-in closet or a, uh, just a closet in general. You know, we have all these clothes and God has given us everything. God's given us the whole closet. God's given us all the clothes we'll ever need for our whole journey in life. But as we grow in God, as we mature in God, our roots go deeper in God, we gain access to new clothes that are already in our closet. If God's already given us it all, 
Ephesians 1 says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, okay? We have it all. We have everything we need right now. I don't know if you know that. This is why it's good news. You have everything you ever will need for your whole life right now in this moment. It's like the walk-in closet. You've got all the clothes you'll ever need. But there are certain clothes that don't fit you yet. There are certain things that don't fit you yet that are designated for future seasons, are designed for, for specific scenarios and circumstances. There are, are specific clothes and, and things that you're going to wear only when you are big enough you are strong enough to handle it. And so even though it's there, doesn't mean you have access to it all. Otherwise, some of it would hurt you. It would destroy you. It would be too early for you. So we are co-heirs with Jesus. We have an inheritance. We have the full walk-in closet. But like I said, until you grow up, you don't have access to it. So what am I talking about here? In this season, I believe God is going to give you new access. God is going to give you a new glimpse of what's actually available to you. It's like part of the closet is is blacked out. You don't see it all yet. It's there, it's all for you, but you don't see it all. And in this season, you're gonna begin to see it all. You're gonna begin to see more of it, more than you saw in the last season. Because of what you're going through in this transformation season, this quarantine season, this Jordan of transformation season, you're gonna have a greater glimpse of the inheritance that has been made available to you. Now, I want to bring you to um, a scripture in 2 Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2, and it's the story of Elijah and Elisha. And this is another Jordan moment. We have Joshua leading the people over the Jordan River in Joshua 3 and Joshua 4. We have Elijah and Elisha crossing over the Jordan in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 6 to 15. It says, Then Elijah said to Elisha, or Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, Now there's so much in this. Okay, now I don't have time to break everything down for you. I'm just going to read the main part to you, okay? But again, Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went together. Fifty men from the group of the prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. So they're stopped. They're about to cross over. Once again, a crossover moment. There's going to be a transformation at the Jordan. Okay. Verse 8. Then Elijah folded his cloak together, which represents inheritance, which represents um, succession. It represents the, 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 the cloak was the mantle. It was like the calling of God over his life. It was what he was, Elijah was anointed to do. The anointing is simply God giving you a specific grace to do the task that you've been assigned to do and do it well. Okay. So the cloak, the mantle, the same thing represents inheritance. So he takes the cloak, Elijah folded his cloak, together and struck the water with it. The river divided and two of them went across on dry ground. Sound familiar, doesn't it? Sounds familiar. That same kind of scenario that Joshua and the people of Israel had. It says verse nine, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. See, they crossed over together. Elijah in this context, I want to draw sort of a, a prophetic symbolic picture for you, is like God in our lives. That as we cross over these impossible situations with him, as we serve him, Elisha, Elisha served Elijah, didn't, never wanted to leave his side, followed the lead 
of Elijah. Elijah said, no, we must cross over. God is saying you must cross over. God is saying you must make it through this quarantine. You must come out the other side. And if you come out, there is going to be a new, uh, a new release over your life, a new access over your life. He says this to his servant. He says to Elisha, what can I do for you? I love that. What can I do for you before I am taken away? And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double portion, an inheritance of your spirit and become your successor. Elijah says, you've asked a difficult thing, but if you see me, this was the, this was the thing. If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. And if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, my father, my father. In that moment, we see this. In this moment, he has this revelation of the father heart of God. There's something about in this season, that as you get a revelation of the father, he's a good father. My father, my father, no longer is it just, Elijah, you're my leader. You're the one that I'm going to succeed. Elijah, no, it's not just about me serving you, Elijah. No, it's about a revelation of the Father. God is giving you, once you get a hold of who you are as a son, you unlock inheritance. Listen, orphans have no access to the Father's inheritance, but sons do. It says in Romans 8, verse 14, those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Here we have Elisha being led prophetically by a symbol of God in his life. He's being led by the Spirit. He comes to this point where he crosses over with his father. They make it to the other side and he has a new, and all of a sudden now he has a new access to inheritance. I believe for many of you who are watching today, as you cross over and as you are led in this season, step by step, keeping focused, Elisha had to stay focused. Elijah said, if you see me when I go, you'll have access. If you see me, here's the thing. If you can see what God is doing, then God will give you access to see the inheritance that he has made available to you coming out on the other side of this pandemic. If you can see what God is doing and you can get a revelation of God as father in your life, he is a good father. So many of us just see him as God. He's just like iconic, disconnected, far off, God out there, doesn't care about the details, is not into the everyday life, is just wanting you to worship him on Sundays, do your religious rituals. No, but if you can get a, a hold of the reality that God is a good God, that he's a good father, that he's a good dad in this season. I believe it's going to give us an unveil to us what's been shrouded in darkness, and that is our inheritance promised to us in Christ. There's an inheritance for you guys. God wants to unlock new awareness of what he has for you moving forward. He says, my father, my father. And then he says in verse 13, verse 13, Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak because when Elijah went up his cloak his mantle fell and it was given that was the very thing that Elisha was asking for a double portion and God said okay I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it to you I'm gonna give it to you there are things that are dropping to you in this season Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak which had fallen when he was taken up then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan he struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord the God of Elijah and the river divided and Elisha went across just like his leader did the exact same thing he crossed over and then crossed over again 
And Elisha actually did double the miracles recorded than Elijah did. There are double the miracles. And that's, that's what Elisha was asking for. I want a double portion. I want to unlock a new dimension of the inheritance that, that has been promised to my life. And Elijah said, if you see me when I go, if you, if you get that revelation of Father, if you get this revelation in this season, there is going to be, I believe, in a new awareness of the inheritance that God has promised to us. I'm, you know, I'm so thankful because I have tons of stories where, and testimonies of, of as I've been faithful, as I've kept my eyes on God, as I've kept my eyes on God as a good Father in seasons, where I've had the privilege unlocking actual inheritances in my life. I know even our whole ministry, Kingdom Culture, as a charitable organization, you know, I'd operated for years as simply a sole proprietor traveling around the world. And uh, that was, you know, that was a good, you know, uh, six year or no, four years before we had an actual um, charitable organization, a legal entity. And, you know, I, I, we were praying, God, we didn't have the money to start a legal charity. We didn't have the know-how how to do it. And a, a spiritual mother in my life at the time, Patricia King, she calls me up one day and says, Sean, we want to give you um, our, our, our two organizations, one in the U.S. and one in Canada. And she ended up giving us the Canadian one. We changed the name to Kingdom Culture, changed the board, changed some of the infrastructure. And Kingdom Culture as a legal entity it was something that we didn't even start. It was literally given to us as an inheritance from as far as a legal entity. The same thing with the local church community, Dominion Outreach Center. I mean, the church we lead today, although it's totally different and, you know, not, nothing like really it was, you know, it all began in 2012, September 2nd with, with uh, uh, an inheritance given to us, a spiritual community given to us. We didn't ask for it. We didn't look for it. We didn't even want it. But God had other plans. And we knew that God was doing it. God was speaking to us. And once again, an inheritance was unlocked. Why? Because we weathered the storms. We choose to keep putting Keep, we choose to keep putting God first in every situation. God first in every situation, staying focused so that when the time came and the mantle dropped, we could pick it up. Number three, so we have influence, we have inheritance in the Jordans of Transformation. The third one is we have introduction. Introduction. Now, many of you might know the story of Naaman, who was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. And this is found, again, in 2 Kings, a few chapters later, just three chapters later, in 2 Kings chapter 5. Now, this Naaman, this commander of, 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 of the army of King of Aram, had a skin disease, had leprosy, okay? Had leprosy, and there was no way for him to be cleansed outside of a miracle. Of, outside of a miracle. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger to him, to Naaman, saying, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. Again, the third Jordan of transformation. And your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away, it says in verse 11, angry. He went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord as God, wave his hand over me magically over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. There was a reason why Naaman was upset. Number one, he wanted a quick fix. He didn't want the instruction. We're talking about getting the instructions. When we lean into the instructions of God, the specific instructions in this season, we there's a revival of the soul that happens, okay? There's a, an illumination. There's a, an unlocking of awareness. We're talking about, that this, about this today. We have to lean in. Naaman didn't want the way. 
He wanted the miracle, but didn't want the way to the miracle. In fact, the Jordan, whether you know this or not, the Jordan River was considered one of the dirtiest of rivers. So in Naaman's mind, okay, you're asking me to go dip in the river seven times, but there's a whole bunch of other bodies of water that are way cleaner that I can do that in. Why would you tell me? Who, uh, you know, somebody who has leprosy, who's considered dirty in the eyes of the people, unclean, because when you had a skin disease, leprosy in that time of life, you were considered unclean. People couldn't get around you. Um, you were kind of ousted out of community and inner circles. And so here he is. He's like, why would I dip in the dirtiest of rivers as a dirty person? But God had a plan. And so Elisha said to him, listen, if you want to be healed, you got to go dip down in the Jordan River. There's going to be a transformation when you go down to the Jordan. And so we see this in verse 14, chapter 5, 2 Kings. So he went down after he was convinced finally and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like a young like, like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know, this is key. This is key. This is why this point is around introduction. Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Now I know. Now I know. If you don't know, now you know. This was the, this was what happened to Naaman. Okay. Now you know. He was introduced to this incredible loving God in this moment. He was introduced. Here, here he is, this man of God representing God himself. Okay, this man of God representing God himself tells this, this unclean commander of the army who has a skin disease, leprosy, to go dip down seven times in the Jordan. There's a transformation waiting for you in the Jordan, but you got to embrace it. And if you embrace this Jordan moment of transformation, this is going to be an introduction in your life to the God who cares, to the God who loves you. For some of you out there, this is going to be, this season of quarantine is introducing you to uh, to God in a whole new way. Is introducing you to the God who cares about you. Is introducing you to the God who's faithful. For some of you out there, you thought it was all all going to go down. Everything was going to be in self-destruction mode or, or in destruction mode, but somehow God has been walking with you. Somehow you've been seeing God in the Jordan. Somehow God has been transforming you in this season. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just believe that for so many of you, even those that are going to watch this after the fact, that this is a season where God is introducing himself in a real way in a powerful way, but you got to embrace the season. Naaman had to embrace the dip. He had to embrace going down to what was uncomfortable and getting a little dirty, getting a little even dirtier than he was. He had to embrace the quarantine. He had to embrace the isolation. He had to embrace doing what felt uncomfortable and awkward and, and weird and out there and not ordinary and abnormal. He had to embrace the season to be introduced to the God of the season. And that's the word, uh, I believe, over your life for many of you that are watching today and are going to watch it later is that God is introducing himself in a powerful way to you in this season. So we have introduction number four. Number four, my last point, the last Jordan of transformation, the last thing that God is highlighting in the Jordan of transformation is identity identity. Now, so number one, we have influence. 
okay? Number two, we have inheritance. Number three, we have introduction. And number four, we have identity. And this is found in Matthew 3. And we're ending with a story of how Jesus was transformed in the Jordan. Matthew 3, verse uh, 7 to 17. I'm not going to read all of it to you, but here we have John the Baptist who's baptizing people in the Jordan River. I was actually, I was there just in September and I actually got baptized in the Jordan River just as a sort of a symbolic act. I'd already been water baptized uh, at a, as, 19, as a 19 year old. And I had, as many of you know, my story had an incredible transformation in that uh, baptismal experience. But then I was also in Israel at the Jordan River in September and got baptized sort of as a symbolic act. It was the Hebrew New Year and I felt like it was just sort of like a prophetic act, uh, cool experience, man, powerful experience to be in the same waters that Jordan would have baptized, or John the Baptist was baptizing the people and uh, baptized Jesus. And it says in Matthew chapter three, verse, I'm gonna start in verse 13. Then Jesus went from Galilee. Now, Jesus was 30 years old at the age of maturity, 30 years old, okay, went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, to be baptized by John. So here he is coming in their relatives, John and Jesus are, are relatives and Jesus, the son of God, fully God, fully human, okay? He, even he, you guys want to know about baptism, listen, Jesus at the age of 30 was baptized. If you've been baptized as a baby, you've not been baptized like Jesus wants you to be baptized, yes, okay? Yes, you've been dedicated and that's awesome, we celebrate you, but Jesus at the age of accountability, at the age of maturity, at a, as a 30 year old, he's the model to follow. He was baptized as the next step into his journey. Okay, so here we go, Matthew 3, verse 13. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Verse 14, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, John said. So why are you coming to me? Verse 15, Jesus said to him, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. Listen, baptism is not a negotiable thing. If you've let Jesus in and you're all in, baptism is the next step. If you're wondering about, should I get baptized or not? Then, you know, you're, you're just, you're wondering too long. If you've let Jesus into your life and you're all in, baptism is the next step, okay? So Jesus says, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Verse 16, after his baptism... As Jesus came up out of the water, this is what happens, guys. The heavens opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending. Remember, the Jordan, I said this in April on April 5th. The Jordan, the word, the name Jordan in the Hebrew means to descend. Okay? We are in a descending season. We are in a season of rest. Everything has stopped. We've landed the plane, so to speak. You know, when you're in a plane, you're going from place to place. The Jordan is a place where you descend for transformation. Now listen to what happens though. It says, heaven, the heavens were opened. This is in verse uh, four, uh, 15. The heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him, on Jesus. And verse 17 says this, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son. This is my beloved son 
in whom I am well pleased or who brings me great joy. What happens here? God, as a father, identifies Jesus as son for his son, but also in front of the people. He identifies Jesus as the son. And it's funny because the very next thing that happens, and this is why I know it's all about identity. The very next thing that happens, he comes out of this baptismal experience in chapter four, Matthew chapter four, the very next thing that happens is he's driven by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, for 40 days to be tested by the devil. He goes in, he's actually led by the spirit to go into a testing season to be tempted by the devil. And the first two temptations were, you know what they were? They were about the devil saying to Jesus, if you really are the son of God. Now remember in Matthew three, a voice says to Jesus, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The very next thing that happens, the devil tests Jesus and says, if you really are what God just said you were, which God identified you as, then do these things. And temptation was all around the Jesus compromising his sonship, compromising who he was identified as, as the son of God, as the son of God himself. This is what God is doing. God is establishing identity in the season. As your roots grow deeper, as your roots grow deeper, the revelation of who you are as a son of God increases. Some of us live like we're orphaned. We live like we're disconnected from God. We live like we have no access to his inheritance, to his influence in our life. We, we live like we've never been introduced to Jesus. These are all the points I'm kind of recapping for you. We live as though we are disconnected from God. But the Jordans of transformation ultimately are all about establishing you as a son. It's kind of like what happened to Elisha in that moment. He, he cries out, my father, my father, the revelation of sonship. The Jordan of transformation literally illuminated his ability to see himself as a son, which in turn actually, you know, you know, overflowed in his cry, my father, my father. This is a season where God is establishing you as sons. And I'm not talking about, it's not gender specific, okay? Both female and male are called sons in the kingdom, okay? You can call yourselves daughters, whatever. It's, it's just semantics in the end. But your sons, you're connected. Son, the reason why it's sons is because in that culture, sons had the inheritance, okay? Sons had the DNA of the father. Sons had the seed to reproduce. Sons, firstborn sons, had the double portion, had the, had the inheritance, had the blessing. So this is the, this is the picture that I'm drawing for you. That as a son, it gives you access. And God is establishing you in your identity as sons in this season, in this Jordan of transformation. Jordan of transformation. My prayer for you this morning is that you would see yourself in one of these four points. You would see maybe God is introducing himself to you in this season. Maybe God is really identifying you and preparing you and launching you. I mean, when Jesus had this moment of, of identity and sonship, just like Elisha did, it launched them into their their future. It launched them into their purpose. It activated their purpose. Um, you know, maybe in this season, God's establishing your influence. I think all of these four points apply on all fronts to all of us, but some of us may lean and may connect differently to, to, to one of the four. But my prayer is that that God would begin to highlight your, give you a revived perspective to help you see, to help you really see in this season. Like I said, I'm not, 
I feel like my call in this season is to be more of like a prophet to you, to help you see, to help you understand what God is doing so that you can make it through this season stronger, bigger, better than you ever were before in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you right now. If you're watching right now, you've you've never made the decision to let Jesus into your life. Let me just tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Uh, for me, I had an encounter at the age of 18, driving on the highway on the 417. I uh, did not believe that Jesus was for real. And on the 417 in my car, the atmosphere of my car changed. Everything in the car changed, the, the, the vibe, the atmosphere. I could feel like it was like liquid peace on my skin. It was better than any drug, better than any drink, better than any feeling or any high, it was it was incredible. And I heard of, there was a good father that cared for me. And in that moment, I surrendered my life to him. I said, yes to Jesus. Maybe you're watching and you're wondering and you're searching in this season. I want to encourage you to open your heart to Jesus. He is where your help comes from. There's no high like the most high. He wants to overwhelm you in this season with, your, with his love. And on the cross over 2,000 years ago, his love was demonstrated for you. It says in John 3 verse 16 that God so loved you, so loved all humanity, so loved the world that he gave his only son to die as a substitute. He didn't just die for you. He died as you paying the price of the sin that you could never pay, doing the thing, doing the work of salvation that you could never do. What is salvation? Simply, it's the saving of your body, soul, and spirit. It's, it's, the, it's the reconnection. It's the reconciliation of who, who you were always created to be, to be back to him, removing the wall of isolation, removing the wall of sin that has been destroying your life. Listen, it says in Romans 6 verse 1 that God has destroyed and taken away the sin nature in your life. He has removed the sin nature from you. When you let Jesus in, it's like there's a circumcision. That's what the Bible says in Colossians 2. There's a circumcision, so to speak. There's a new life, a new heart that, that takes place in your life. It's called the born again experience. John 3, verse 3 says, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. And all you have to do is say yes. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that not only is he, is he God, is he Lord, but you believe in your heart that... that um, he was raised from the dead on the third day, that you will be transformed from the inside out. Second Corinthians chapter five says that you will be a new creation, that all things will pass away and all things will become new. Today, if you're that person and you've never let Jesus in, I want to encourage you to say yes to him in this season. All you have to do is say, yes, I'm all in. And would you just pray with me right now, if you're watching, wherever you're watching from, or you hear this after, to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I believe that you are God. I'm saying yes to you today. I'm receiving your forgiveness in my life. I want to I experience you. I want to experience the reality of who you are. I want to experience your love. I want to experience your grace in a real way, your strength in a real way. So I'm saying yes to you today to start a relationship in Jesus' name. If you said that, I want to just congratulate you. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Please leave us a comment in the comments. Um, email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca if you made that decision. And we would love to pray with you, love to be there to support you. And also just provide some resources and next steps for you along this journey of yours. It's, a, it's an amazing journey, you guys. For the rest of us, I want to pray in this season. For all of us watching right now, all of us that are going to watch, I want to pray 
that God would begin to revive our perspectives in these Jordans of transformation, that God would begin to illuminate our sight and give us eyes to see. So if you're watching right now, wherever you are, just open up your heart, open up your mind as I pray for you. Maybe you need healing in your body. We believe that Jesus is a healer. We believe that he's the restorer of all things. We believe he's the restorer of marriages, restorer of families. God, he is the God of, of, of everything that we have need of. It is in him and found in him. He is a provider. He is an incredible provider, an incredible God, a credible father. And I want to pray that God would begin to move powerfully in and through your life. And so, God, I thank you for all those watching today. And I just pray that in this season you would overwhelm them. That, God, you'd overwhelm them with your love, overwhelm them with your grace, overwhelm them with your mercy, overwhelm them with your supernatural strength. God, I pray that you would just encounter them in a way that would change their life, would alter their future, that in this quarantine season, you're going to revive their perspectives, revive their heart, revive their mind, revive their thinking, open up their eyes to see what it is that you're doing in this season. Establish their influence, their, their influence, God. Establish their identity in this season. Show them their inheritance. Introduce yourself to them in a new way. I pray for healing, God, to overflow and flow through the screen right now. Overflow through the screen right now into people's lives, into their bodies, that you would heal bodies today. Restore bodies today, God. Restore emotions, God. Restore our mental health today. I pray that in this season, marriages, God, would continue to be restored. Families would be restored. That that sons and fathers, daughters and mothers would be restored in relationship. God, I pray for friendships that are broken to be restored in this season. God, I pray for lost vision, lost hopes and dreams to be restored and revived in this season. God, I pray that we would come out of isolation stronger than when we came into it in Jesus' name. So God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for giving us 2020 insight, God, into what's taking place in our life right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey, everyone. I'm just believing that today God spoke to you. And uh, if he did, please leave, a, uh, leave us a comment. Make sure you take a picture of, of, of what was happening today. Tell us where you're watching from. Uh, you know, uh, tag us at Casey Ottawa, tag myself at Sean Gaby. I'd love to celebrate with you that you were connected today. And, uh, and we just believe that God is going to do an amazing thing as he's already been doing throughout this pandemic, however long it's going to be. We love you, Kingdom Culture family, all of our extended family, and all those new that are watching with us. Once again, if you need anything, please let us know. All the information is in the description.